millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. On DAB Plus, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. Women's Football Weekly with Faker Others on the station that's raising the game for women's football. TalkSport 2. Welcome to Women's Football Weekly. It's an England and FA Cup special this week. And despite news of England's friendly against Germany being cancelled, Phil Neville is looking forward. We want to win a World Cup in the next two or three years. And I love the fact that 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 kind of pressure is being put on the team and myself as a manager to deliver that. Tuesday's cancellation for the Lionesses means a bit longer to wait for England midfielder Jill Scott to reach a milestone. She's hopefully going to get 150 caps um, soon and um, it's nothing more than she deserves. I think she's a, a great professional and an even better person. And we build up to what promises to be a cracking FA Cup final. Two very attacking-minded teams, two very well-organised teams. I think it's going to be one, one great game for the spectators. We'll speak to both managers ahead of this Sunday's final, Willie Kirk and Gareth Taylor. This is Women's Football Weekly, National Radio's only dedicated women's football show. Women's Football Weekly with Faker Others. Hello, this is Kelly Chambers from Red FC Women. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. Hello, hello, how are you all? Lovely to have you with us as ever on Women's Football Weekly. And we have another debut as well. Rachel Yankee, former England and Arsenal forward, is with us. How are you? I'm good. It's been a while since I made a debut on anything. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's exciting. We were just talking before we came on air, weren't we, that the last time we saw each other was um, at a rather glitzy event or lunch and we were both dressed up quite smartly and uh, there was no social distancing or any of this kind of drama that we've had it was quite pleasant I know I know it was very nice as I sit here in a jumper a hoodie with a perspex screen (laughs) separating us both wonderful stuff Uh, right listen it's been a busy week we obviously had an England special planned for today, but that's all had to change after news broke on Sunday that England's friendly match against Germany was to be cancelled after a member of the Lionesses' backroom staff tested positive for COVID-19. So obviously the FA were concerned for the safety and welfare of all the players and staff. They say that remains 
their top priority, of course, and the current COVID-19 protocol enforced by the German government requires that any individual who tests positive whilst in the country has to then self-isolate for 14 days. So they didn't want to take the risk that that could happen to a player or a member of England's staff. Uh, The FA's chief executive, Mark Bullingham, said it's been a difficult but necessary decision and nothing's more important than the safety, health and well-being of the players and colleagues under our care. Uh, We're very grateful um, to the DFB for their cooperation and understanding and look forward to the possibility of a future fixture in healthier and safer times. Uh, England head coach Phil Neville as well reacting to it. We all wanted to play Tuesday's game, but this was absolutely the right course of action. I thank Germany's staff for their understanding and our FA colleagues for all their support. I know the fans were hoping to see us play again, but I'm sure they'll understand the decision. We have still had a really good week of training and are looking forward to getting together next month before our match against Norway in Sheffield. So all the players returned to their clubs on Sunday uh, afternoon after that announcement was made. And uh, and really, Rachel Yankee, it, it was the only decision they could have made, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, safety has to come first and, um, you know, it's sensible. You, you can't make any other decision in in this in this time, so it's it had to be done. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all the Germany preview material, obviously, that our fabulous reporter Jeff Peters gathered from St George's Park on Friday after that England 11 versus England 11 is, of course, null and void. Uh, but he did speak to Lionesses manager Phil Neville about the future of England's women going forward. This would have been the Lionesses' first competitive fixture since the She Believes Cup in March, and he's told Talksport 2 how tough it's been not having any competitive matches? I think the difficulty is the games for the players. I mean, you know, you saw the competitiveness, but it was a 70-minute game. There was no supporters. There was no TV here. There was, uh, you know, it's not an opposition. Uh, we, we're trying so hard to, to, to keep normality. Everybody in the world is, and it's so difficult. But I think what we are doing, we're doing our very best to, to, to provide international football for a set of players that are so passionate about playing for England and uh, you know I think these in-house games are not not the real thing Uh, nothing beats the real thing of hearing the national anthem and going out there say on Tuesday against Germany but you know it's the next best thing. Obviously some of the results before lockdown weren't great how do you go about changing that is it just tactics is it mentality is it a number of things yeah it's 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 a collective thing it's it's the uh, on and off the pitch model uh, it's the togetherness it's the you know it's the shape of the team the hunger of the team the desire of the team whether the team want to keep climbing those mountains and, and being one of the best teams in the world uh, and that's the challenge in front of us. I think. I think the next three years will will tell you that this uh, this organisation has got unbelievable ambition. I think Sue Campbell said it earlier in the week when she launched the new women's strategy that we want to win a World Cup in the next two or three years. And uh, to do that, we need to keep raising our level of performance. And I love the fact that, that that kind of pressure is being put on the team and myself as a manager to deliver that because that's where we want to be. We want to be at the, the top end of world football. And, and the attitudes that the girls have, they deserve it too. Lionesses head coach Phil Neville there talking to our reporter, Jeff Peters. Um, it's really difficult, isn't it, Rachel Yankee? Because... They they have no competitive fixtures, obviously, for reasons beyond their control. Uh, it was going to be a home Euros. That's now been postponed for a year. Now, with everything going on with the global pandemic, it's proving impossible to even get some, some friendly competitive fixtures on the calendar. So to have this kind of ambition of wanting to, to, to win a Euros and win a World Cup is being made quite quite tough for them. Um. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, I think when you look at it like that, it's it is tough, and 
it's always when you've got like a home Euros, you know that there's really no competitive games to, to build up to it. Um, and it's uh, it's one of those ones that you've just got to set your mind on the fact that, um, you know, you're not going to be playing against other countries and, and com- uh, in the competitive games, but you've got to, you know, you've got to focus and you've got to stick to the goal. And that is once you get into that tournament, when you have that competition, then you have to bring everything. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it feels like it's going to be forever away, doesn't it? I think we've got to keep our fingers crossed for uh, for Norway in December. A big blow from this match, though, um, is that Fran Kirby of Chelsea had to be taken off the pitch on a golf buggy. She's been having such a cracking season so far, and this is the danger, isn't it, when you play these kind of games? Yeah, definitely. You know, um, well, I suppose any time in, in training or anything, you know injuries can happen and it's um it's disappointing i'm sure chelsea will be be really gutted because she's been playing so well but um you know it's one of those things that that's uh, you know can happen and she's bounced back from worse i'm sure she's a strong character she'll bounce back from this mm, listening to what phil neville had to say it does feel like he's having to repeat himself quite a lot doesn't it about wanting to win the world cup um we had baroness sue campbell on last week talking about the strategy uh, that the that the fa has and the ambition that the organization has but you know it's difficult for anybody to assess where they're actually at at the moment yeah, I'm, he's been put in a horrible position, and it's uh, you know it's quite sad. Obviously, we know that he's he's not going to continue, but you know he would have liked to have had games and to be able to bow out in the way that he wanted to. Um, but it, it's it's difficult. But I think he's just got to you know keep up a, a strong uh, mental side for side of it for the players to make sure that they their focus is on winning that World Cup. Whether you know obviously he's not going to be around for that but he's got to make sure that he can help in their pathway and their journey to make them better players yeah well we're going to talk about the younger players uh, shortly we'll also talk about team gb because he may be able uh, to end on a high if he gets that job we find that out in november uh, with this match cancelled though everyone's of course going to be hoping that december's friendly against norway at bramall lane will be able to go ahead that could mean a potential milestone for manchester city midfielder jill scott who's still waiting to get her 100 and 50th cap for England and she'll only be the second player to reach that number after Reading's Farrah Williams and now Jill Scott and there we have it England are on the way Jill's not just an amazing player but she's an amazing person as well she's a really big character in camp and I think coming in as a young new one she was someone who really made you feel welcome and warm and she's so funny and just says stuff that makes you feel comfortable and I don't know if she does it consciously or not but I think you can tell like she's a classy person as well as a player. Well played England for the best move so far building into Jill Scott. Carly's in there with it top to Jill Scott it does and it's rolled out as it now it stands Jill Scott again has come up with a precious precious England goal. She's been incredible for the women's game you think about those players like Farrah Williams, Jill Scott, Karen Carney uh, Alex Scott, uh, players that get to like 150 caps for their country, that takes an unbelievable amount of sacrifice, an unbelievable level of performance and consistency, and she's a credit to herself. Like before. Alex Scott, Luca turning away, allowed to turn, Sanderson is a support, Jill Scott with a drive, and England have four before half time. I think I've always had Jill from a young age, you know, uh, talking me through the game and, and helping me. And, you know, she's hopefully going to get 150 caps um, soon and um, it's nothing more than she deserves. I think she's a, a great professional and an even better person. We love Jill Scott. 
that was her teammate Kira Walsh speaking last there along with her coach Phil Neville and England youngster Grace Fisk as well. For Jill Scott to get 150 caps, Rachel, you're <laughs> smiling because outside you said she doesn't want to get stuck on an odd number because you were stuck on 129. <laughs> uh, no, I, <laughs> it's, um, it's fantastic. I'm smiling just because it's Jill. Uh, what everybody said there is just the feeling that you have when you meet Jill Scott and she's just such a nice person. You know, I, I think it was when she came into the England team, it, it was a breath of fresh air, to be honest. You know, you, you don't usually have players that that come in and um, the work rate that she's got but uh, just the side of her that uh, you know she, she's funny she's just a funny person she's hilarious <laughs> absolutely hilarious throughout the World Cup obvious Jill that she then yeah. put on social media she's always just an absolute pleasure from a journalist's point of view to talk to because she just gives you something every single time you talk to her we've had her on Women's Football Weekly a few times as well and she is just the loveliest person and has you know, she's a huge part of that dressing room and bringing the youngsters up with the more senior members of the squad and making everybody gel. It would just be fabulous for her to become the second England player to get 150 caps, wouldn't oh, it? Yeah, but the, but the thing is, you know, you're saying it now, but she did that when she first came into the squad. She was just, she didn't, even, she does it without realising. She's just the glue between players. You know, whether you're an older player or a younger player, she just can speak to you. She can understand. She can relate in every way. And you just her passion for the game of football is unbelievable. And and just such a good teammate because no matter who you are, she'll talk to you in exactly the same way and help you and and just be funny about it. And I think she's great. I think everybody's keeping their fingers crossed that this Norway game goes ahead in December because she's 33. Um, she's not playing as much for Manchester City at, at the moment. She's going to be desperate to get that, isn't she? Yeah, I, I think she's still got time. I mean, from when I've seen her play, she doesn't... Obviously, I don't know the reason why she's not playing for Man City at the moment, but, um, you know, you can't you can't say that she hasn't run out of energy or anything like that. She's, she's such a fantastic player. Um, you know, she's still got time. So whether she makes it in next month or the month after... It, it will come at some point. And fingers crossed for fans being there to actually watch her make that as well. That would be fantastic. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. I'm Faker Others. Alongside former England and Arsenal forward Rachel Yankee, uh, Women's Football Weekly is the only show on national radio dedicated to women's football. We're here every Monday, 6 till 7 usually, uh, bringing you all you need to know in the game. If you miss any or you want to listen again, our podcast and the show are available on the TalkSport app, so you can download it today and go to our podcast section to download. Uh, next up, we'll hear from two of the young lionesses about their experiences in camp. Women's Football Weekly with Faker Others on TalkSport 2. This is Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2 with Faker Others and Rachel Yankee, former Arsenal and England forward. Uh, so we're talking England at the moment after the training camp and England's match against Germany had to be cancelled. That was due to be played on Tuesday, but unfortunately a positive COVID test from within the backroom staff of um, the England camp means that all the players have been sent home as it stands. Uh, so plenty of youngsters included in this team 
uh, in this squad this time round, Rachel. Um, Manchester United's Alessio Russo had to withdraw but was replaced by teammate Katie Zellum. Then youngsters Millie Turner, Esme Morgan, Neve Charles and Ella Toon got their second senior call-ups along with the likes of Sandy McKeever from Everton, Hannah Hampton of Birmingham and Grace Fisk of West Ham. So really exciting times ahead for what lies in store for England going forward. Uh, Talk Sports' Jeff Peters caught up with a couple of them to hear their experiences of training with the senior squad. So let's hear from 20-year-old Manchester City defender Esme Morgan first. Uh, she says she's tried not to hang around with her City teammates too much so that she can get to know the rest of the squad. I've probably been helped as well by the fact that there's a lot of other young players coming in at the time who are from different clubs, so I've sort of been able to get to know their club teammates through them. So people like Beth England I've got to know really well over the last few days and a lot of the Man United girls because I know Ella Toon and Abby McManus really well. So, yeah, I've definitely made some really close friends and that's what's great about coming into an environment like this is everyone's absolutely lovely and welcoming and easy to talk to and easy to get to know. Uh, is it in in some ways you're also playing with some of your heroes from when you were growing up because there's obviously, there obviously are some very experienced players in the squad. Yeah, exactly. There's so many players who've been around since I really started watching women's football, which was probably at the London 2012 Olympics. So people like Steph and Ellen, who obviously I'm lucky enough to play with on a daily basis now at club, but there's so many players who have been watching as a fan over the years that like you said, I'm now playing alongside, which is amazing, really, and I try not to get too overawed by it all and sort of don't be too much of a little fangirl <laughs> when I'm chatting away with them. But, no, it is amazing. I'm, I'm sure when I look back, sort of, when I get a bit of downtime, it'll be something I'm very proud of. You know what it's like to pull on the England shirt at representative level, but to actually do it at senior level and to win your first cap, how much have you allowed yourself to kind of think about that moment? I think over the years I've probably dreamed about it a lot. It's sort of always been a huge goal of mine that I want to play for the seniors. But I think recently it's strange because now it's actually sort of a bit closer. I probably haven't thought about it as much. I'm, I'm just trying to take each day as it comes and just enjoy the process of being here. And hopefully one day I'll get a chance, but it's up to me to prove myself and earn that chance. Phil's not just going to put me on for the sake of putting me on I've got to prove that I'm good enough and show that um, I deserve the opportunity to get that cap Manchester City defender Esme Morgan there speaking to talk sports Jeff Peters I mean she speaks so well Rachel doesn't she um, for someone who's just 20 years of age <laughs> now she said she got involved in women's football and excited by women's football in the 2012 Olympics which of course you were part of Team GB for that and mm -hmm. um, did you kind of notice after with England squads that there were younger players coming in then I mean she talked about fangirling like that but it was a kind of different uh, dynamic did you feel um yeah i think you know 2012 was just it was huge uh, and i think there was definitely a shift there of people you know wanting to see women's football um knowing more about women's football uh, enjoying women's football i mean the game the brazil game at, at wembley was just oh, it was ridiculous and uh, i remember it not so much what happened on the pitch but just afterwards looking down what is it called now olympic way not wembley way <laughs> but uh just seeing the amount of people that were there fans queuing up to catch the tube home like i've done so many times going to watch uh you know men's games it was just what's happening this is women's football and at that moment 
you think yes this can work this can, women's football can can gather huge crowds and it can be inspiring for for youngsters so you know it's fantastic and these kind of youngsters are now at this age who started getting into football maybe at the age of you know whatever they were in in, mm. in 2012 eight years on they're now getting into into england squads which is which is incredible and what is the, the the camp like for the senior players? You know, because there's there must be a slight bit of competition going on because you're sitting there thinking these are the players coming through that might potentially take my place in the future. But there are some positives for this England setup at the moment with the COVID situation going on because these players are getting to take part in camps without the pressure of competitive fixtures, and then they get to know the team all together, which can be quite positive. Do you think? Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, I like the way that she's sort of, <laughs> it's very grown up to be wanting to spend time with, with different different people because it's a natural thing when you are when you go into a squad to want to stick with people that you feel comfortable with. So to come out of your comfort zone, um, but also the way she sort of tells it is that it's quite a good culture. Uh, I haven't been in that England squad, so I don't know. So I'm looking from the outside, but saying it's quite a good culture that people are friendly. And, and when I remember back to, to people like Ellen, Steph, Jill, these are great people, you know. So, um, you know, going into those squads, you're going to feel comfortable. They're going to, they end of the day, pe- these players, although, yes, there's competition, but they want to see women's football work and they want to see it become better. And you've taken it to the level that you took it to when you were playing. And you want to pass it on and you want to know that these kids coming through understand that, you know, you're going to have to work hard and you're going to have to do even better than we did. And and that that's where these players will want to do that. So, uh, yes, there's competition because every time you want to play, but that doesn't mean there has to be sort of horrible rivalries between people. Um, it just means that you, you've got to be better. It certainly never feels like that when I report on England women, no. uh, for sure. It seems like a collaboration and everyone's pulling in the right direction. Um, I also, uh, Jeff Peters, spoke to West Ham defender Grace Fisk, who I've interviewed before as well. She's another quite impressive uh, youngster, still yet to have her first cap for the senior squad, but does speak really well. And Jeff asked her how tough it's going to be for her to break into this squad. The quality and the experience in this team is, is next to none. So, yeah, it'll be difficult. But, you know, I'm just each camp I'm uh, able to come to, I'm just looking to learn from the likes of Steph, Millie, Abby, uh, all the centre-backs here because they have so much to offer and so much to give. And I feel like I'm, I'm learning and growing each camp. So, you know, I'm just excited to be here and happy to help the team in any way I can. What in particular do you find most useful to learn from the players that have been in and around this side for many years? Yeah, yeah, like you say, I mean, there's a lot of things off the pitch as well as on the pitch. Um, but for me, I think it is, you know, obviously coming into international football, it's a whole nother step up. So just like little details, little pieces of information that I get on the pitch from them. Um, you know, I've had Millie next to me and, and Lucy on the other side of me today. So, you know, two really experienced players who are, who are of great quality. So just little things they were saying, you know, when to slow it down, when to speed it up, when to drop, that kind of things. You know, little cues that I already know, but just at this level, it's just got to be that one step quicker. West Ham and England defender Grace Fisk there and it does just have to be a little bit quicker but what I liked about what she said there is the importance of the support not just on the pitch with instructions and things that will be so helpful for her career going forward but the off the pitch stuff as well which is just as crucial. Hugely crucial I mean if you want to go to a tournament and win tournaments that's where it counts it's it's not so much what you do on the pitch obviously you need to be playing but 
that in all every single person um, it, that competitiveness to want to play and to want to win and to do well it's easy on game day but to have a great squad it's got to be a good atmosphere off the pitch a good culture because only 11 can start and then you depending on the manager depending on injuries you'll have subs but you you possibly might not use your whole squad but if you've got your uh, your squad of people that are fighting and battling and, and willing each other on you you're, you're going to be an incredible team and you're going to be hard to beat yeah and that's exactly what they need to start being hard to beat that's for sure um just before we wrap up our england section i want to talk about uh team gb you obviously as we said played in 2012 a real landmark moment for women's football certainly now the fa are planning on announcing the manager for um what was the 2020 olympics being held in 2021 <laughs> obviously it gets just gets so confusing doesn't it they're saying that they're going to announce the manager in November. Phil Neville has nailed his colours to the mast. He would have been continuing forward had, you know, the Olympics now happened um, in 2020. Uh, what are your thoughts on the way they should go? Um, I think there's, there's so many ways to, to sort of look at it. Um, the question for me, if it, if it is to be Phil Neville, um, you know, whose decision was it? for Phil Neville not to continue as England manager was it Phil Neville's decision or was it the FA's and if if it was Phil Neville's then I think he should carry on um, because that was part of his tournament I think that he should do it but if it was the FA saying we no longer feel that Phil can can take us to win tournaments and they're no longer backing him then you know, big statements have come out by the FA that we want to win a tournament, and I know the Team GB is not England, um, but if you're if you're being ruthless and have the mentality that you want to win a tournament, and you don't think the manager can take you there, then it has to be someone different. That's a really good point. Who would you, if it ha- if it was the FA's decision, who would you appoint? Again, like like I said, it it, it then goes down maybe into a bit of politics because. I know before 2012, um, I don't know if this is the case now, but uh, the, the girls that didn't well, weren't the English girls, the, the Scottish and the, the Northern Irish Welsh girls, their uh, federation said that they could play, but they weren't backing them. So it was their own decisions if they wanted to play. Um, some people um, decided that they didn't want to and they didn't want to be looked at. Some people said, you know, this is a fantastic opportunity. I want to be looked at. I want to, you know, play. So... I think it would be look incredibly difficult if that was still the start, stand for someone like Jane Ludlow to be in contention because her job is working for the Welsh FA. So mm-hmm. how could she then, you know, without their backing, go and go and manage uh, Team GB? Excuse me. So um, so I think that, I, and I don't know, that might be just something that happened then and it might be totally different. But if that was still the case... Um, you know, I think that has to be looked at. So if you were looking at an interim uh, manager, I think the only person in my mind you could look at is is Emma Hayes at Chelsea. I think she's got the experience. She's worked with loads of players from, from the home nations um, and has the quality to, to definitely go as a one-off. I know she's put, said that she doesn't want to manage England. She's not her time yet. But to manage a national team or a Team GB as a one-off, I think she could... She'd be fantastic at it, but uh, but if it isn't and it was Phil Neville, I, I wouldn't have a problem. I think he's I, I think he's done fantastically well in terms of what he had to do 
results haven't gone that way. Um, so it's a tough it's a tough choice. Just one last very quick question. Hope Powell was obviously your head coach for Team GB in 2012. What does a Team GB head coach need to bring that's slightly different to any other managerial role? Well, this is why it's difficult because the Team GB is is run by the FA. So, so the FA and what Team GB should be have different um, different outlooks. You know, because the FA will want it to be, I'm sure, mainly English players. Um, if you're looking from a total Team G point of view, it should be the best players from, from all the home nations. Um, so maybe you do need someone neutral if you're going to look at it as the best players. So I, th- I think, um, you know, in terms of what Hope picked, she picked a, a range of players. Um, obviously, for me, because she was a teammate, I was disappointed um, and a little bit gutted for her that Jane Ludlow wasn't in that team. Um, I know how how hard she worked. I've seen her play so many times. Maybe she'd had a couple of injuries and, and, and possibly wasn't um, in the best form. But um, but for me, I would have loved to have seen her go away because I know her passion to play for Wales, but her passion to play in a major tournament. So um, I think it's a really I think it's a really difficult call for any manager, and it would be difficult for Phil Neville because. If he's there and he's got to pick a Team GB team, and if he's got to be honest and add in some Welsh players, Northern Irish players, Scottish players, who are now good players, there's lots of good players there, then he's got to leave out some of those England girls. Um, That's a difficult choice. Yeah, really is. Really interesting thoughts there. Thank you very much, Rachel Yankee. You are listening to Women's Football Weekly on Talk Sport 2. I'm Faker Others. You were just hearing the thoughts of former England and Arsenal forward Rachel Yankee as well. If you miss any of the show, catch up by downloading the Talk Sport app and subscribing to our podcast. Just search Talk Sport Women's Football Weekly. Uh, coming up, we're building up to Sunday's FA Cup final. We're kicking off with Everton. You'll hear from manager Willie Kirk and forward Izzy Christensen on the only dedicated national radio show for women's football women's football weekly with faker others on talk sport 2 hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors saving you money and potentially your cat's life Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, 
You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is Women's Football Weekly on Talk Sport 2, the UK's only national radio show dedicated to women's football with me, Faker Others, and former Arsenal and England forward Rachel Yankee, who, by the way, won 11 FA Cups and played in 13. So Sunday sees the 2019-20 FA Cup final. Weird enough it's being played in November. Even weirder that this season's FA Cup has already started before last season's has finished. Uh, It's a showpiece with no fans. Doesn't really feel like a showpiece, but I tell you what, Everton and Manchester City will be pumped up for this regardless. Two-time FA Cup winners Everton beat Birmingham to progress to their first FA Cup final since 2014. And their manager, Willie Kirk, is with us to preview Sunday's match. How are you doing, Willie? Are you excited? Yeah, good faith. Very excited, uh, as are the whole squad. I bet they are. And you got some of them back a little bit earlier than expected as well. I mean, I know it was in uh, bad circumstances, but I'm I'm sure you're pretty happy to see them earlier than you thought they'd be back. Yeah, great to send Izzy back in today. Obviously, it's very beneficial, I think, for Man City. I think they've got 11, 11 players in the England squad, so... Apart from Caroline Weir, I reckon they've pretty much got their whole squad back training. So that obviously is a bit of an advantage for them. But, you know, we weren't expecting them back. So it's a bonus that we've got Sandy and Izzy. And, and our plans will go ahead as as we had them in place in terms of us meeting on Thursday and then starting our preparations as a squad then. I was going to say, as part of you thinking, you know, you, you had the edge a little bit there that you'd have had a few days extra training, even without two of them. Yeah, I suppose yeah, I suppose a little bit. Uh, although we've got the, like the amount of players we've got all over the world just now. Uh, tomorrow will be a very nervous day. I think we've got eight players playing tomorrow. So yeah, I mean, obviously we think of the England squad and how many each team's got in the England squad. But yeah, we've got we've got two away with Scotland. We've got one with Norway, two with Denmark, one with Finland, so on and so forth. So yeah, two with France. <laughs> So yeah, we've got we've got a lot all over the place. So it's uh, yeah, international windows are always quite nervy. I think for managers. Yeah, absolutely. Fingers crossed you can get everybody back fully fit. That's for sure. Um, with the way this season's going, we've spoken to you um, on Women's Football Weekly this season about your superb start to the season. How confident does it make you ahead of Sunday's final? Yeah, I think I think we we've had quite clear objectives this season. Uh, we we've also had the bonus of. Last year's FA Cup, last year's objective was to get to a top half finish and get to Wembley. Uh, we got the top half finish. We've been fortunate that we've been allowed to continue with the FA Cup uh, after the, the pandemic. So, you know, the squads almost see that as a bonus uh, and we've taken full advantage of that progressing to the final. So uh, it's, it is, it's, a bit, it's a bit strange, isn't it? You've got this year's squad playing last year's competition, but... Yeah, we're looking to take full advantage of that and, and we'll go into the game confident. I think the Chelsea result was a, was a massive thing for us. The the league start has obviously been very positive. Uh, beating Birmingham in the semi-final was, was no easy matter. So, yeah, I think we're in a good position and, uh, and we'll, certainly, we'll certainly not be going there just to make up the number. No, I think... I think- 
what's interesting about this final is that nobody thinks you're there to to make up the numbers at all. And in the past, perhaps people would have assumed it would be a shoe in that Manchester City would win, but absolutely not in 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 this case. And that must give you a huge amount of confidence. Yeah, it does. I mean, anything can happen in these finals. You know, you can have a, a great day, you can have a bad day. You know, nobody's guaranteed to know how, how their team's going to react. We know that we're up against a team, not not just one of the best in England, but one of the best in Europe. They've got world-class players, they've got World Cup winners medals uh, in that squad. So, you know, it's a huge task, but as you say, not, not just us, but I think there is, you know, a sprinkling of people out there who believe that we can win the game and and that gives us confidence, the fact that other people believe in us now. And, and that's probably not been the case at the club for a number of years. So we're trying to bring those days back to Everton. And uh, and I think we're, we're making some big steps towards that. Without a doubt. Um, your first FA Cup final as a manager as well. Have you dreamt about what it's going to feel like walking out at Wembley? You know what? I, I made a promise to myself in May 2019 I was I was go- I was going to uh, get a haircut I think on the Saturday morning and it was the FA Cup final that afternoon and I was I was gutted that it wasn't me in the FA Cup final and that haircut hadn't happened a few days before so I made a promise to myself that day that next again year I would be in that final and and obviously it's not quite worked out the way we we thought and it's six months later but we're there and uh, so yeah I've, I've gave it I've gave it a bit of thought we were well planned for it. Uh, and yeah, I think it just shows that it doesn't matter if you're a player or if you're a coach. You know, if you if you work hard enough, you know, your dreams can come come to reality. I love that. So, have you had your haircut yet? Well, we've been restricted, haven't we? So we've been ultra careful, and we've yeah, that's not happened, but. There'll be a little home tidy up job, I think. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing we want to do is to go and look good with a haircut and then end up with a positive COVID test and you miss it. So that's uh, a, that's a very good it. point. Not going to be dyed blue, is it? Surprise no, us all. Absolutely, absolutely not. No, absolutely. <laughs> it's, bad, it's bad enough being dyed grey. <laughs> but go for the blue rinse, then you're in the middle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, uh, you've yeah, obviously got to it, so. Yeah, I, I, I can imagine. Listen, we're really looking forward to, to watching it. We wish you the very best of luck from everybody here at Women's Football Weekly as well. And I'm sure we'll speak to you soon. Fingers crossed it's on Monday after a positive result for you. Hopefully. Yeah, right. thanks, yeah. Appreciate it. Everton manager Willie Kirk there ahead of that final on Sunday against Manchester City. So one of Everton's stars this season has been Izzy Christensen. She used to play for Manchester City before moving to Lyon, came back to Everton after leaving France and has been absolutely superb in the WSL since. Uh, she's been speaking to Talk Sports' Brad Hayden about what we can expect from Sunday's match. One hell of a game, I think exciting. Um, I think two very attacking-minded teams, two very well-organised teams. I think it's going to be one one great game for the spectators who unfortunately aren't going to be able to be at Wembley. Um, we're obviously going to miss the Everton fans uh, being able to cheer us on, but we know that there'll be a, a whole contingent of Evertonians supporting from back home. Um, and hopefully we can do the club proud because that's what we want to do. And obviously your time at Man City as well, really an impressive stint as well. How, how do you look back on your time with them? Um... Yeah, I mean, obviously won everything uh, domestically, won the PFA uh, Player of the Year award individually. But yeah, I look back with immense pride, obviously being part of their their squad from the very, very start, scoring the winning goal in a cup final that that got us the first trophy. But yeah, there's been a fair bit of time in between leaving and, and now. And obviously I don't feel any kind of 
animosity or kind of I don't know allegiance to them anymore I'm fully an Everton player and can't wait for the final and to come up against them yeah and obviously Everton were your first club in the game as well so how much finally would it mean to yourself and the team if you're able to help Everton lift the, the, the FA Women's FA Cup for, I think, the first time in over 10 years. Yeah, we're fully aware of the uh, the history that's that's been experienced with Everton women over the past sort of 10 years. Um, fully aware of the legends of the game that have played for this club. We know what it means to the club. The club's been through its fair share of, of, of kind of dips in terms of being demoted and um now back in the in in the top flight and obviously that's huge credit to the to the backing and the support that the club has given the women's team and obviously we're out there now we've put ourselves out there we've put our necks on the line and said we want to be one of the best teams in the country and we're now competing in an FA Cup final so we're following through with everything that we've said and obviously for the club it's it's just going to be one hell of an occasion uh, next Sunday and and hopefully Obviously, if we if we do come out victorious, which is obviously the aim, then it's going to be uh, it's going to be one uh, amazing feeling. Everton's Izzy Christiansen there speaking to Talk Sports Brad Hayden, and Everton have been so impressive uh, this season so far. Rachel Yankee, uh, how do you think and how do you rate their chances this weekend? Um, I think they've got a fantastic chance. I think um, you know, like. Uh... Izzy was saying, it's two t- great teams that are going to go at each other. But I don't think Everton are, are there as, as massive underdogs. I think they, they're there on their own right. And um, it'll be exciting to see which blue team's going to win. Yeah, dark blue, light blue, which one? <laughs> um, I, I love these kind of games. I mean, you can't even call, as you say, Everton underdogs because they have been so superb this season. They've. I think this is the first time I'm, I feel confident that that top three if you like are going to get broken into there's there's five teams in the WSL six probably um mm. that that potentially can do something and Everton have been a delight to watch yeah that they've they've been so strong in 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 all areas really um I watched them in the in the semi-final against Chelsea and I watched the first half of it and I, I Chelsea were winning and I, I just sort of thought it was a given because of the way Chelsea were playing Everton looked a little sloppy. They looked well organised, but I couldn't see him getting back into the game. Then I looked at the score again and it was 2-1 Everton. I was like, wow, they've actually pulled this back. So they've got a great team spirit and a mentality. And that's what I like about them. And that's why I think, you know, they they definitely shouldn't be underdogs for this game. Um, In this final, even if whatever happens with the scores, whatever happens, you can see the belief in that team and the mentality that they're going to keep going to the last minute. And, um, you know, I, I think it'll be a fantastic game to watch. Yeah, it was the quarterfinals, wasn't it? Sorry, they quarterfinals. Out, yeah, they, they, they then knocked out Birmingham in the in, in the semifinals. You know, so impressive in, uh, opponents to get to this stage in, in the first place. Uh, right, you are listening to Women's Football Weekly on Talk Sport 2. I'm Faker Others alongside Arsenal legend Rachel Yankee. If you miss any of the show, you can find our podcast by downloading the Talk Sport app and searching for Women's Football Weekly. Next, we continue our FA Cup build-up. What a Manchester City expecting at Wembley. We'll hear from head coach Gareth Taylor and two-time winner Georgia Stanway. Women's Football Weekly with Faker Others on TalkSport 2. 
You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. I'm Faker Rothers and keeping you company alongside me is former England and Arsenal forward Rachel Yankee. Now, no spotlight this week while we focus on the FA Cup final, but we still want you to get involved. Every week this season, we pick a person, a club, an organisation, maybe an event from the world of women's football to shine our spotlight on. But we want you to come up with some suggestions of whose story you would like to hear. Is there maybe a player, a coach or a team, either past or present, you'd like to know a little bit more about. If so, tweet us at TalkSport2 or at Faker Others, or you can email us on womensfootballweekly at talksport.co.uk with all your suggestions and we'll certainly see what we can do. But... It's time to focus on Manchester City ahead of this weekend's FA Cup final against Everton and I am delighted to be joined by head coach Gareth Taylor. Hi, Faye. You OK? Very well, thank you. How are you? I mean, part of you must be quite relieved, uh, although in difficult circumstances, to have the majority of your squad back a bit earlier than expected. Yeah, yeah. Obviously great to get the girls back a little bit sooner than we anticipated. Um, it was a, a little bit of a manic Sunday morning yesterday. Um, the phone never stopped for about two hours. But, yeah, of course, obviously we have to make sure that um, the right call was made and, and the safety of everyone involved is, is at the forefront of everything. And in that, in that respect, obviously now we've been able to get the girls back a couple of days earlier than anticipated, um, which uh, helps us in our preparation. Absolutely. Is everyone tested and, and OK? Yeah, at the moment, everyone's come through fine. Um, obviously, with the, the current state of affairs, you know, what's going on in the UK it's a difficult time. Um, some of the some of the conditions around certain areas are changing, and yeah, we've been fortunate in in so many respects that um, all of our tests have come back clear, been regularly tested, and hopefully, touch wood, that that continues the same. That's fantastic news. Um, in terms of the rest of in injuries or anything like that, is everybody in a in a good position? How are you looking ahead of Sunday? We're looking okay. I mean, outside of uh, our, our injuries that we lost. In, in terms of uh, Megan, Ether, and uh, and Lauren Hemp, obviously we lost it right at the beginning of the season. Outside of those three, everybody's looking uh, in good shape and knocking on the door for, for selection on Sunday. I bet they're desperate to play at Wembley. But from your point of view, from a personal point of view, this will be the first time you're stepping out as head coach at Wembley Stadium. How much are you looking forward to it? Yeah, I mean, it's a fantastic occasion. Um, the unfortunate part around it is obviously we can't have our, our family and supporters there um, but you know we've been doing that for a while now hopefully that situation changes further down the line but it's a great occasion and um, you know we're really determined to to set a bit of history and, and history for us would be an opportunity to win the FA Cup twice in one season which I don't think will ever happen again but again a year ago we wouldn't have even been talking about this this kind of situation no that i mean it's it is just crazy isn't it obviously you must have watched the the three nil win over over west ham what is now not last season the season before it gets very confusing doesn't it um what have the players told you about what it's like lifting the women's fa cup well it's it's evolved a lot you know the women's game in terms of that uh, FA Cup final now being a Wembley showpiece, which wasn't always the case previously. It was played at different venues. So as the, the women's game has, has evolved, so was the kind of uh, the specialness to it by having a, a you know like a real big game at Wembley Stadium. And um, you know a lot of girls have played. A lot of our girls have fortunately played there previously, so they've had that experience. And yeah, again, it's one that everybody's really looking forward to. 
How are you feeling about it in terms of performance? Because you've perhaps not started the season as you'd have liked to, whereas Everton have got straight out of the blocks and, and been fantastic so far. How are you How are you feeling ahead of it and, and how confident are you? Yeah, touching on what you mentioned there about performances, I, I've been really pleased with a lot of our performances this season. Um, I think, you know, we'll, although we drew a couple of games, I still felt that the performances in the main were there and there was elements of our play which which excited me. Um, but obviously, we need to look at this game in isolation. We played Everton twice this season in a, in a friendly and pre-season and in the Conti Cup as well. So we know, we know pretty much uh, all we need to know about them. So it's, like I say, it's, a, it's an FA Cup final. Previous games potentially go out of the window. Previous kind of WSL form goes out of the window, and it's one that both teams will obviously want to want to be successful in. Have you spoken to Chloe Kelly? Because obviously it's a really strange situation for her because she's almost helped Everton get to the final in lots of ways, and then helped Manchester City get to the final all in the same season. Must be really surreal for her. Yeah, it's um, must be a strange situation for. Her. I mean, one of the main things she spoke to me about when before we started or restarted the the campaign from the quarter-final stage was that, is she going to be cup-side? Um, so there are all kind of issues around that that we needed to check. Um, thankfully, she's not, and you know she's made a good start to the season, and uh, she's a big asset for us. Just finally, some people are already writing off your WSL chances, seven points um, behind Arsenal. Are you writing off your WSL chances? And uh, if not, how much could a potential win at Wembley on Sunday propel you for the rest of the season? Well, I think Sunday's game is is completely different. I don't think it bears any kind of bearing on on the WSL, but we don't feel that we're we're out of the running. Other teams might feel that way. Other people outside of it might feel that way, but we can't control that. Um, we've got all the the kind of big teams to play, if you like, and it's down to us. We go on a run. I think it's easy, achievable um, in terms of pulling back those points. And also on top of that, I think you've seen this season that the WSL there's no. There's no givens in any games, and I think that teams will take points off one another this season, which we've seen already. So uh, we've got to make sure that we look after our own end, make sure that we're in the run, um, because I think it could be an exciting end to the season. That's why we love it here on Women's Football Weekly. It's an exciting league to be part of. Good luck on Sunday, Gareth. Thank you, Faye. Manchester City head coach Gareth Taylor there. Good luck to both him and Willie Kirk, of course. I'm not nailing my colours to the mast. I've wished them both good luck. I'm sitting firmly on the fence. May the best team win. Now, what was interesting is talking about the lack of crowd there and actually uh, Manchester City forward Georgia Stamway uh, says she can't wait to play but is absolutely gutted it's not going to be in front of a crowd. It's so exciting. I think the opportunity for a trophy to be up to grabs um, is so exciting and for me personally the FA Cup means so much Um, I've won it twice before and it's an opportunity where I've really enjoyed giving back to my family in that because the sacrifice that they give to me it's one of them that I can go out there and I can showcase why they travelled so far to take me to football why they bought me football boots and it's kind of a day for the family it's it's unfortunate that this year won't be and I won't be able to look up and see them in the stands at Wembley and I won't be able to share that moment but hopefully depending on the result we can celebrate we can commiserate we can just enjoy the moment together afterwards
Manchester City's Georgia Stanway there talking to Talk Sport. Um, this is Women's Football Weekly on Talk Sport 2. Faker Others and Rachel Yankee with you. Rachel, what is it like lifting the FA Cup? You did it 11 times. What an experience. <laughs> um, no, it's fantastic. I mean, obviously, the hardest thing getting there. The semi-final's probably the worst game in the world uh, because you, you have to win that game. And then the final... You just you've got to have no regrets at the end of it. So you've got to give everything on on that final day and and you know try your best. And sometimes it put it, it works for you, and sometimes it doesn't. But if you can if you can go out and and play your hardest and and try everything, then you know you you come off you come off happy that you played an FA Cup final. Obviously, a lot happier when you've won it. It's been tough for um, Manchester City head coach Gareth Taylor, hasn't it, so far? He's not had the, the best start to the season since taking over from Nick Cushing. How are you expecting his side to to, to come back, if you like? Because he said the performances have been decent, but just the, not quite the results. What are you expecting from them on Sunday? Well, it takes time, you know, you, when you have a new a new manager come in and, and obviously a, a different different thought process on, on what he wants. Um, it, it takes time, and it takes times for the players, uh, you know, to gel because there's there's new players into the team, and to understand what he wants. So, but Man City have got you know such incredible players. You know, big players turn up when it's Cup final day, uh, when it's the big matches. So, you definitely can't write them off because they've you know dropped points in a couple of games. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't even look at that. This is a one-off game, Cup final. You know, nothing matters in that. And they have big players, don't they, for big occasions? Come on then, nail your colours to the mask, please. Dark blue or light blue? Is it Everton or is it Manchester City lifting that trophy on Sunday? Are you asking me? I'm asking oh, you. That's what you're here for. I thought you were asking the people. I, I'm a red. I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> no, I'm only joking. Um, I, you know what? I... I... I think both teams have have played played well in in different parts this season. Um, but I, if I go with my heart, I would like to see Everton. I'd like to see Everton do it because um, I just think they they've had a great run. They've got something different, and it's different to the norm. Yeah, it is different to the norm. Breaking through, without a doubt, and an Everton comeback. I am not nailing my colours on the mask, but I'm very glad that my co-presenter, Rachel Yankee, did instead. So the FA Cup final, Everton against Manchester City from Wembley. We'll have updates throughout the match on Talk Sport on Sunday, and we'll also bring you all the reaction on Women's Football Weekly on Monday when we're back at our regular time of 6pm. Rachel Yankee, it's been an absolute pleasure. I hope you'll come back again. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having Wonderful me. Wonderful debut. Impressive. Pleasure to have you with us all as well. Thank you to Rachel Yankee, Gareth Taylor and Willie Kirk. Good luck to both Everton and Manchester City on Sunday. Next week, we'll be reacting to the FA Cup final. And any questions for us during the week, you can email us at womensfootballweekly at talksport.co.uk, tweet us at TalkSport2 or at Faker Others. And as ever, if you miss any of the show, or you want to listen back to any of our lockdown specials, you can download the TalkSport app and check out our podcast, Women's Football Weekly. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.